Welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Sing, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern, as well as the authors who penned them. I'm your host, Frank Aiken. Thank you for tuning in, and if you like the content of this podcast, please make sure to follow and subscribe for future episodes. That sweet text, Ephesians 2.13, was particularly delightful and refreshing to my soul, and the more so as it reminded me of the days and months that are past. It was from that passage that Mr. Morris preached on that memorable evening of my effectual call by the grace of God. Under the ministry of that dear messenger, and by that sermon, I was, I trust, brought nigh by the blood of Christ in August 1756. Strange that I, who had sat so long under the means of grace in England, should be brought nigh in an obscure part of Ireland, amidst a handful of God's people, met together in a barn. Surely it was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous. These are the words of Augustus Monahue Toplady, as he recounted his conversion while listening to a sermon from a Methodist lay minister one summer while attending Trinity College in Dublin. Toplady would embrace the Arminian teachings of John Wesley until two years later, in September of 1758, when he would stumble on the works of Puritan writer Thomas Manton. It was through studying these writings on the sovereignty of God that Toplady would fully embrace the doctrines of grace. In another journal entry, he recounts this. Though awakened in 1756, I was not led into full and clear view of the doctrines of grace until 1758, when in the goodness of God, my prejudices received an effectual shock in reading Dr. Manton's sermons on John 17. I shall remember the years 1756 and 1758 with gratitude and joy in the heaven of heavens to all eternity. Augustus was born in Farnham in Surrey, England in the year 1740 to Catherine and Richard Toplady. His father died of yellow fever when he was barely a year old, leaving his mother to care for the boy on her own. When he was nine, they moved to London where young Augustus would attend Westminster School. He loved to write and often expressed how he felt in verse or in his journals, few which have survived throughout the years. In 1759, just one year since his discovery of the teachings of John Calvin, he would publish Poems on Sacred Subjects. He was only 19 at the time. Now, even though none of those hymns from his early publication have made it into our hymn book today, Charles Spurgeon used several for his congregation's hymnal called Our Own Hymn Book, published in 1866. Toplady would go on to preach in a few remote country towns along the English landscape, gaining popularity wherever he would preach, before settling in 1776 in London at the Orange Street Chapel, where he would preach until his death in 1778 at the age of 38. There is much to be said of Augustus Toplady's hymns. He wrote with such theological depth that many claimed they were difficult to sing. His hymns were a, quote, conversing ordinance to some, a recovering ordinance to others, 
and a comforting ordinance to all, and one of the divinest means of communion with God. Unquote. And that they were. One of his hymns for which he is remembered is Rock of Ages. This hymn first appeared in 1776 in a publication called The Gospel Magazine, a magazine which Augustus worked on as the editor during the last few years of his life. It would also be among select hymns that Top Lady used during his time at Orange Street Chapel, known as Psalms and Hymns for Public and Private Worship. This hymn has survived many cuts made over the centuries to find its place still inside of our hymnals today. In this hymn, Augustus refers to Christ as the Rock of Ages, in which we can hide from life's storms. His blood covers us from the wrath of God and washes us clean. Our best works are of no avail against the demands of God's law. The only thing that could make amends for our transgressions is Christ and His finished work upon that cross. We bring nothing to the table when it comes to our salvation. Well, that's not entirely true. The only thing that we bring is our sin. We come naked, helpless and filthy, only to be washed clean in the fountain of God and clothed with righteousness. I'm sure the words of this last verse were on the mind of Augustus' top lady as his frail body, weakened by tuberculosis, passed from this world and on to the eternal glory. When I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. Thy law's demands Could my zeal No respite know Could my tears Forever flow All for sin could Not atone Thou must save And thou alone Nothing in my The cross I cling, naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace, fell I to the fountain fly, wash me see.
this episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. I'm Frank Aiken, and as always, thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Enjoy your lunch break. <laughs>